them up to Luke 9. Woo, thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 57, we're going to start at here today. Y'all doing good today? All right. Hallelujah. I got a word from the Holy Ghost. Luke 9, 57 through 62, we're going to look at. And it said, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, to Jesus, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow, that's powerful right there. Today I want to talk about what it means to be fit for the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be fit for the kingdom of God? What was Jesus talking about right there? This passage, by the way, it's not talking about losing your salvation. Right? Let's just, let's just make that point right now. It's not talking about you losing your salvation. It means it's talking about the cost of true commitment and discipleship as a Christian. Amen. It's time to grow up spiritually, people. Amen. See, we are commanded to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. Amen. That, and by the way, some people think that that's, oh yeah, that's only for the spiritually mature. No, 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 no. That is entry level Christianity. That is Christianity 101. Amen. There is a cost for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. There, there is a cost for wholehearted devotion to him and commitment to the kingdom of God. Have you, has anybody found that out yet? Amen. See, you will lose friends. You will be persecuted. You will be inconvenienced. You will have family members that won't want to talk to you. Hello, somebody. And the list goes on and on, right? Now listen to this. The definition of the word fit. Here's what it means. It means that you are suitable. You are of a suitable quality. A suitable quality of standard or type to meet the requirement of a specific purpose. Oh, come on now. Let me say it one more time. You are of a suitable quality or standard or of a certain type to meet a required purpose. All right? Now, Jesus was talking about you having or meeting a quality, a standard to really truly enter in and advance the kingdom of God on this earth. That's what he was talking about. All right. He was talking about you being a disciple, a disciplined one. A disciple is a learner, someone who wants to learn more. Amen. Someone who wants to go deeper, just deeper. They want to, they, you just don't want to stand on the shore. No, you want to walk in. You want to go all in. You want to go deeper into the things of God. Amen. 
You want to. Now, it's interesting when Jesus walked this earth in his earthly ministry, he preached the kingdom of God. He taught about the kingdom of God. Amen. We need to be about the kingdom of God as Christians. Amen. Now, so being fit, fit for the kingdom of God, it's no difference than questioning, listen to me, if someone is fit to be a parent. Oh, okay. Why is everyone looking at me like my flies down up here? (laughs) Think about this now. Listen. It's no difference than questioning if someone is fit to be a parent, if you're fit to be a spouse, if you're fit for being in a right position at a company. The kingdom of God has standards that we must meet. Amen? If we're going to be effective advancing the kingdom of God on this earth, we need to meet some standards. That's what Jesus is talking about right there. So what we just read in this passage is that Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit or qualified to truly advance the kingdom of God on this earth. So evidently, there is a standard to be met to be fit to properly function in the kingdom of God. In that passage, we see this. We see someone said to Jesus, he said, Jesus, I will follow you. How many of you heard that, right? I will follow. Pastor, I'll be there. (laughs) Jesus, I will follow you, but, but, amen. And, 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 And so there's buts that get in the way, amen. We see someone told Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. But there was an excuse to delay that from happening. And another said, Jesus, I will follow you. And then had an excuse, a distraction from being fully present in the work of the kingdom. So many read that and think that, man, Jesus was absolutely harsh. What's up with that? Man, Jesus, why? He couldn't even go back to his home and say goodbye. Why? He couldn't go back and bury his dead father, right? But you have to understand that we as Christians are on this earth. We are on this earth for one reason and one reason only, to advance the kingdom of God. Everything you do, the reason you even have breath in your lungs on this earth right now, the reason you didn't get beamed up when you got born again is for you and I to advance the kingdom of God on this earth. Amen? So looking back and giving into distractions, by the way, is not the norm for the Christian. I know many people think it is. We, we try to, you know, make excuses for all these things. Well, that's just normal, you know, having those distractions. No, no, that's where we need to get a shift in our mindset. It's not normal. A normal Christian is someone who's 100% sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. That's normal. Amen. Amen. Come on, some of you as I'm speaking, the Holy Ghost is just stirring you up right now. Some of y'all want to jump up like popcorn right now. Come on. Some of you might be regretting being here right now. But don't worry. We just, just look straight ahead and, and, and just act normal. It'll be over soon here, okay? Just act normal. But that's why, but 
that's what watered-down, seeker-sensitive messages have told the body of Christ. Eh, it's normal to do that. Eh, no, no, it's not. Normal is 100% commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So, now, so it also means, uh, by the way, I, I don't know, last time I checked, it is election season. It means that you're not going to vote for a politician. That's four things that are against the word of God. Yeah, I said it. Someone's got to tell you. Someone godly has to tell Christians. Amen. Now, so looking back is talking about giving place to distractions in your life as a Christian. And and they cause you, uh, that causes you from moving forward in your commitment with Jesus Christ. Oh, we're going to get deeper. Get ready. If you are a Christian and you're looking back at your old life of sin, you are not suitable for the kingdom of God. Come on. You have the wrong mindset. Amen? Uh, It's a lack of focus on the main purpose, on your purpose and calling on your life as a Christian. Amen? If you're looking back and you're missing partying with your friends and getting drunk and having sex and all, come on. You're not fit for the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, it's like a person in the military that they go to boot camp or they go on a deployment from home. If their focus is not on the mission, they're going to be totally ineffective. And this is what Jesus was talking about, that we need to be fit for the mission of what we need to do on this earth for the kingdom of God. Many Christians are so ineffective for the kingdom of God because of their lack of focus and of their main purpose on this earth. You have a purpose. Do you know that? You have a purpose on this earth. You're not just here randomly. Amen. This is not the kingdom of God. This is not just playtime. We have a purpose and we need to meet it. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus rebuked the two people that had the excuses for not following him with 100% commitment. Uh, So Jesus and the kingdom of God must be, again, your number one on your priority list. Everything needs to revolve around that. Amen? You know, it's, it just, it's kind of funny. You know, you hear Christians who are, who are arguing about tithing, giving 10% to the kingdom of God, right? But those are the same ones that are failing to understand, hello, Jesus wants your 100% of your life. 100% of your life, and you're arguing about 10%? Come on, somebody. What, what a deception the enemy has sowed into people. Amen? Uh, so I'm talking about being fit, being suitable, of a suitable quality, meeting the proper standard or type to meet the required purpose for advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. Are you still with me? Yeah. All right, now. So God is requiring all of us to cut everything out of our life that's a hindrance to the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus, when he taught, he taught something. He taught this 100% commitment thing. And it even says that from that time forward, some of his disciples didn't walk with him anymore. Are you following me? (laughs) My goodness. Jesus requires 100%. You know, listen, if you're a Christian today, that means you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that? All right, because he died on that cross for you and became the spotless lamb, that he's made you righteous, he rose from the dead, uh, you are absolutely white as snow because of your faith in him. Do you believe that? 
then it is your reasonable service to dedicate your entire life to Him. You see, this is that covenant. Again, I've been talking about covenant a lot. Covenant means God did something, and it means you have to do something. Both parties have to do something. Well, your part is commitment to Him. Are you following me? So now, if you regret that decision, if you regret that decision, guess what? You can renounce Jesus Christ right now. Oh, just the sound of that. Doesn't that just kind of like, oh. You, but listen, you can renounce Jesus Christ right now, and you can have your ticket to hell for eternity and the lake of fire for eternity. Anybody want to make, make a switch on that today? Okay. Thank God. Amen. But I'm telling you right now that being a Christian is not to be taken lightly in your life. All right. It's it's not some religious crutch to live selfishly and to live like the devil on this earth. Amen. So it's time for carnal Christians to truly get a revelation that, number one, there is a standard. There is a desired standard and quality that Jesus is looking for in all of us. Amen. Are you fit for the kingdom of God? Ask yourself that question. We need to take a deep, in-depth look into our heart and be brutally honest. Uh, if you like brutally honest, it's brutal, isn't it? It's, oh, I don't like what I see. So, you know, people, instead of looking brutally honest on their own life and heart, that they just mask it with things, right? But we got to really take a look at that. Go to Luke 19. I set the stage here. Luke 19. Verse 11, we're going to look at here. Are you fit for the kingdom of God? Well, the good news is if you haven't been, you can make the shift today. Amen? Hallelujah. If you got breath in in your lungs, you can make that change today. Now, it says, now as they heard these things, he spake another parable because he was near Jerusalem. And because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately... Therefore, he, Jesus, said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he, so he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Woof. Pay attention. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded the servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said, Well done, good and faithful servant, because you were faithful in very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, Because you are an austere man, you collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. 
Why then did you put my money in the bank that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those, uh, bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Now listen to this. In this parable, Jesus is revealing that first of all, to continue to do the work of the kingdom. Continue until he returns. I like what the King James says. Jesus said, occupy until I return. Amen. Uh, Say occupy. The word occupy is a military term meaning take control of. To take charge of. The only way the kingdom of God or the rule of God can be advanced on this earth is by us maintaining a clear focus on our mission on this earth. Amen? By obeying the word of God and obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. Both. Both. Amen? The advancement of the kingdom of God, listen, is dependent upon Christians willingly yielding to the word of God and yielding to the Holy Spirit. It means instead of pushing forward with your agenda, it means this. Lord, show me what your will is in this situation. You Reveal to me what your plan is. Because I want to do your plan, not my own. Amen? So if Christians aren't advancing the kingdom of God, it's not being advanced. You understand that, right? If, if, if we aren't doing it, it's not happening. All right. Selfishness and our own fleshly agendas have no place in the kingdom of God. Amen. One of the signs of the end times. Listen to this. One of the signs of the end times is that many would be lovers of self. Lovers. And that's talking about Christians. Are you following me? That is an enemy. Selfishness is an enemy of Christianity. Selfishness, a desire for fame, and vain ambition, meaning worthless, it's worthless, will cause you to be unfit for the kingdom of God from being effective. So many Christians are getting caught up in some of the most ridiculous arguments, neglecting the heart of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and failing to remain fit for the kingdom of God. Don't give place to all these winds, these strange winds of doctrine. Amen? Stick with the message of the Word of God. Amen? All the people who are doing that, you look stupid. You look foolish. You lose credibility with people. Are you following me? You look like an idiot. And people say, what? what? No, stick with the Word. It's the Word of God that changes people, not, not your foolish talk. Amen? So I want you to notice in this parable that everybody invested their or most people invested their money to increase the value for the owner. Amen? Except that one that hid his. And he was rebuked. Amen? 
Listen to this. Here we go. God has given every one of us gifts and talents, and we are expected to use them for the advancement of the kingdom of God on this earth. The man that hid his his money was forced. Are you ready for this? He was forced. That one one that he hid, he, he was forced to give that one and give it to the one that gained the most. Ten. Are you following me? This reveals, listen to this, what the Holy Spirit said. He said, this reveals that if a Christian isn't going to use their gifts and talents for the kingdom of God, opportunities and assignments will be given to someone else. Assignments will be given to those who are fit, suitable, who meet the standard for the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, told Timothy. He said, Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you. Stir it up. Do something with it. Be profitable with it. Amen? Don't just sit on it. You have a gift in you, Timothy. Do something with it. Amen? Amen. To advance my kingdom, the kingdom of God. That's what God wants. I want you to notice something about this parable. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Listen to this. Listen to this. God, oh, are you ready for this? I'm going to slay some sacred cows. Listen to this. I want you to notice something very important in this parable. When the money was taken away from that person who had the one and given ten. Are you ready for this? The people were jealous. Oh, come on, somebody. It was taken away. And the people had a problem with the master doing that. The people said, that's not fair. That's not fair. The only thing I can figure out about that, why they were upset. You ready for this? They had to have been Democrat. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, come on, somebody. Okay, now. (laughs) listen you must understand this god is desiring results for his kingdom just like a business owner expects results for his business are you following me god listen to this the holy spirit said this that god is more interested in his kingdom being advanced than he is about your hurt about your selfish ambition, and about your temper tantrums. Are you following me? Go ahead. Go ask someone who owns a business and and has an employee that's worthless. Amen. That's annoying, isn't it? What's going to happen? They're going to get rid of that employee and get someone who can do the job, who can be profitable for that business. And it's no different in the kingdom of God. Amen. If someone isn't pulling their weight and being profitable, there's going to be some changes that need to be made. Amen? Listen, you've got to understand this. Don't ever forget it. God is all about profitability in his kingdom. God is all about profitability. If something isn't profitable for his kingdom, it gets cut off. Right? That's why when you, you feel the anointing waning on something... It's not profitable anymore. Guess what? It's time to make a change. 
Amen. Are you following me? So the next time you see a Christian that's, that is profitable and has many doors of favor opening up to them and, and you get jealous, just remember, that person paid a price of commitment. And guess who took notice? The Spirit of the living God. You better believe we are being watched constantly. <laughs> I, used to work, I used to work line crew at, at Pontiac Airport for an individual and and it, he had Bob Seger's jet, Kid Rock's jet, and all that. And and so our job was, you know, to, to fuel him up, put him in position to depart, and all of this. And every move, there were, I'm telling you, there are cameras all over that hangar. You couldn't make one move. You make one wrong move, your cell phone's ringing, and the owner's saying, what are you doing? Are you following me? You better believe we are being watched more than that business owner for the kingdom of God. Every attitude you have, eh, oh, come on, somebody, every act you do, every motivation of your heart, it's being taken notice by the kingdom of God. Amen? And by the way, let me just throw this at you, all right? There is no affirmative action in the kingdom of God. Are you following me? Why? We must prove that we're qualified for the job. God's not just going to give it to you because you're whining to him. He's not going to give you an assignment just because you're whining to him. No, he's looking for faithfulness in his people. Are you following me? There is no affirmative action. Amen. Now, Mark, go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. You get in the spirit of what I'm trying to lay down here? See, God doesn't play those politi- political games. God is not politically correct. He's just correct. Amen. He is just correct. Amen. Now, Mark 4, verses 14 through 20, I want to take a look at here. It says, the, it says the, sower went, uh, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the, are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Just a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. And they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word. And it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. All right, now, Jesus points out that tribulation and persecution can be the final blow of a person's commitment level to Jesus. Persecution and tribulation can be the absolute final blow. 
Do you know anyone like that? You ever seen that? Someone who's all excited and happy and then some tribulation comes for being a Christian or persecution and they're out. They're gone. They're checked out. Amen. He war- Jesus is warning us about that. All right. That is the person that didn't allow the seed of the seed of the word to take root on the uh, inside of them. Now, not too long ago, a couple few sermons back, I talked about what it means or how to grow roots of the word that's sown in your heart. Remember that I talked about reading the word, feeding on the word and meditating on the word. You're keeping you're keeping the word in your thought life. You're thinking about it. You're speaking it. You're you're mulling it over. You're spiritually digesting it. Are you following me? That's how you get roots, okay? So the person uh, that the people that fail to do that, they are not to do that. They're easily pulled away from commitment when tribulation and persecution comes for making Jesus the Lord of their life and obeying the word of God. That person did not take their, their relationship with Jesus seriously. It was just fire insurance. It was just, see, that's why this, someone spoke this before and I always remember it. How you get someone in the kingdom of God is how you keep them there. Now, follow me on that. You want to know what that means? That means if you became a Christian from a secret, sensitive, watered down message, oh, everything's going to be rosy. Everything's going to be great. When persecution comes, they're out. So you might as well tell them right up front. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever did being a faithful Christian. But what's your options? Burning in hell? Are you following me? See, these are the people that were the seed of God's word was sown among thorns. Jesus went on to talk about the three reasons why the seed of the word fails to take root. And why it gets choked out. Ready? Number one, the cares of this world. Number two, the deceitfulness of riches. Say deceitfulness. The word deceitfulness is connected to riches. Hello, somebody. It's not wrong to be rich. It's wrong for the riches to have you. Amen? Just use it for the kingdom of God if you have it. Amen? And the desires for other things that are apart from from the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God can only be advanced by being verbally, by verbally speaking the word and obeying the word. Amen. Which means you're going to be led by the Holy Ghost if you're doing those two things. Amen. But it will not be advanced without some kind of connection. Follow me now. Listen to me. Are you awake? Bump your neighbor. Come on. The kingdom of God will not be advanced. Unless your life, your words and actions are somehow connected to the word of God. Amen? So now in light of that fact, the three reasons that Jesus gave of the word not taking root has a deeper meaning. Because all three of those things that Jesus mentioned in the word of God that will choke the word all have to do with a focus and desire apart from the word of God. The only way the, the, the kingdom of God gets advanced is if the word is connected to it somehow. Amen? 
There is a very good reason why Colossians chapter 3, 1 and 2, talks about setting our minds on things above and not on things on the earth. There's a very good reason why Matthew 6, 33 tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Why? Because it will keep us fit to advance the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of darkness... Listen to this. The kingdom of darkness is constantly trying to negatively influence us to take our focus off of the word of God. Why? Because they're trying to get us to become, here, ready? Unfit for the kingdom. That's, that's the enemy's job. That's the kingdom of darkness's job against you, the Christian. They're trying to make you unfit for the kingdom of God. They're trying to take... The, the powerful factor out of your life that allows you to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? There is no condemnation to those who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Notice there's a condemnation connected to the flesh. You know what condemnation is? If this building gets condemned, it means it's no longer good for use. It's got to be shut down. So condemnation, when you're in the flesh, you are walking in a state of condemnation on your own free will. You're telling God, I'm unfit for the kingdom of God. You're putting a big condemnation sign when you're walking in the flesh, when you're walking and living in sin as a Christian. Are you following me? They're trying to disqualify you to advance the kingdom of God. Doesn't that tick anybody off in here? Right? Don't you love just uncovering the enemy's playbook? Come on. So the kingdom of God requires faith. It's not an option. It's a requirement. If you fail to trust God in his word and you want to live in fear, you're not going to be fit to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, here's the deal. Here's what you've got to understand. God still loves you. That's not the issue. I'm not talking about if God loves you or not today. Are you following me? Is there any mature Christians in here who understand that? I'm not talking about if God loves you or not. He loves you. But we're talking about maintaining a proper mindset as a child of God, as a disciple, to be useful in the kingdom. That's all I'm talking about. Amen? We need to grow up spiritually. Amen? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 5. This, this is like one of my favorite passages in the Word of God. I love it. In fact, in my books, I sign my books with this, uh, with this chapter here. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of, of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. All right, that fear there, he's talking about fear to God, reverence for God. And in verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration, say demonstration. Of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If your faith is, is not is in if your faith is in the wisdom of men and not in the power of God, you're unfit for the kingdom of God. Amen. There is one thing 
uh, that separates you from flowing in the power of God, and that is an unrenewed mind. If your mind is unrenewed, because you have everything you need, it's in your spirit, man, because the Holy Ghost lives in you. Amen? But it's your mind that puts that block of what's in your spirit, man, from being manifested. Are you following me? You've got to get and maintain a heavenly perspective from the word of God to be fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. So the apostle Paul understood that if he was going to be spiritually fit and flow with the Holy Spirit, that there was no earthly accolade. There was no earthly education, no earthly ability would do. He needed to set his mind and focus on spiritual things, which is the word of the living God. Amen. His commitment level uh, was remain. He said, you know, for my commitment level, it needs to be at a peak. Peak. If I'm going to walk in the power of God in my life and ministry, we got to be at the peak level at all times. Amen. If we're not going to be at the peak level, that's when the enemy creeps in. That's when distractions come. Amen. So the Apostle Paul connected everything. Listen, you got to catch this. This is so simple, but it's profound. You want to walk in the power of God? The Apostle Paul, the apostles and disciples, they connected everything to the Lord Jesus Christ and the written word of God. Everything. They connected everything to Jesus, everything to the kingdom of God, to the word of God. Amen? And we need to do the same thing. Let me show you something here. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, are you fit for the kingdom of God? Now, don't think of it in terms of exercise and working out, right? Are you fit? Are you capable? Amen. Are you maintaining the right mindset? Now, Mark 4, 26 through 29, look at this. And he, Jesus, said, the kingdom of God is is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, here we go. So here, I talked a little bit about we have gifts and talents, right? We have a purpose. God has given us gifts, talents. He's given us these things for in our life for two reasons. These gifts and talents and purpose are for two reasons. Are you ready for this? All right. Number one, to sow the seed of his word in the hearts of people. Okay, now, so uh, our gifts and talents and calling, uh, the Holy Spirit. See, I grew up on a farm, a carrot farm for 20 years in Imlay City, right? So every spring we had a planter. We had a machine. You put the seed in and it plants the seed, right? The Holy Spirit said your gifts, talents, our calling and calling is the planter. It's the mode by which the seed gets planted in people. Oh, come on, you've got to get this now. Secondly, our gifts, talents, and calling are the irrigation system that waters the seeds in people's hearts. So doing those two things will cause an increase to come in your life. Amen? Or in a person's life. 
you got to get a revelation of this. You get ready for this? We as Christians are nothing more and nothing less than spiritual farmers on this earth. We're spiritual farmers on this earth. And the gifts and talents that you have are meant to be used in connection with your God-given calling to plant seed and water seed in people's life. See, here's what people are finding out. Are you ready for this? Using your gifts and talents for selfish, worldly reasons will always cause a discontentment in your life. That's why you got these millionaire singers and celebrities that are committing suicide every day. Are you following me? They got a, they got a talent from the Lord, but they're using it for the wrong kingdom. They're using it for vain ambition. Are you following me? All right, you got to remember this. Ready? These gifts and talents that you have, they're not your own. Are you ready for this? The Holy Ghost said this. They are on loan from me for my glory, not yours. Amen? If not used for his glory, you're stealing his glory. You're stealing his glory. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't mind. But God doesn't like when his glory is taken. Amen? So the temptation of the enemy is always, boy, oh, oh, you're a great musician, you're a great drummer, you're great this and that, you know. Oh, let's go into the secular realm. Well, guess what? You're going to find discontentment, you're going to find a lot of heartache because you're using it for the wrong kingdom. And those gifts and talents were on loan from your creator. Say loan. Everything you have and are able to do can be fit into those two categories. Planting the seed of God's word and watering the seeds of God's word. Listen, get creative with ideas. All right, you're a Christian here today. You have gifts and talents and you're just sitting on them. The Holy Ghost said, tell the people, get creative with your gifts and talents. Get creative with that mode, with that planter. Come on, somebody. Maybe your talent is music. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's building things. Maybe you're talented in the business world. Whatever it is, it's the planter to plant the seed of God's word and to water it. Amen? Amen. All of it. The Holy Ghost said this. Connect everything you do with the word of God in the kingdom of God. And you will see results. Amen? Remember, you are responsible. Oh, you got to get this. Ready for this? If you're taking notes, write this down. You are responsible to give God a return on his investment that he placed in you. Oh, man. Think about it. God trusted you with these things. God trusted you with these things. And some of y'all are just flat out wasting it. You're using it for the wrong kingdom. Now, that's the highest form of a slap in the face to God as you can get. Uh, Gifts and talents that are on loan from him being used to glorify the devil and demons. Oh, (laughs) think about the gravity of that statement. Those gifts and talents are on loan from God, your creator, to bring glory to him. In fact, you've got to remember the original intent of why God even created you is for fellowship with him. 
We, we get so caught up in our worldly daily duties, right? We just, we think that life is all about us. Get over yourself. Go back to the original purpose of God. It's to have fellowship with Him. Amen? I'm telling you right now, you're using your gifts and talents for the wrong kingdom. It's, it, it won't be long until the snake bites. The snake will bite you. In fact, the Word of God says that you're using it for the wrong kingdom. You're opening the door to the enemy. It says a hedge of protection is lifted off of your life. It's like you're opening the gate to the devil and demons and say, come on in. Are you following me? Now, so um, go to my, my last passage. Mark 4, just go down the road here to verses 30 through 32 I want to look at here. Mark four thirty through 32. And he, uh, then he, Jesus, said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what, with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard, mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it's sown, when it's sown by you, When you use your gift and talents and calling and purpose and you use it for the kingdom of God. When it's sown by you, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. The smallest and, and most seemingly insignificant seed from the word of God can spring up and change a person's life like you would never even imagine. Think about that. Someone sowed seed into Billy Graham one day. Are you following me? People who are making an impact for the kingdom of God. Someone came along in such an insignificant thing that they encouraged them. They, they're, you know, someone at Walmart, you encouraged them. Hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, God has a plan for you. The most insignificant seed changed someone's whole life. I can't tell you how many stories I hear of people who say, You know, they were living like the devil and people thought there was no hope for them. But someone said the smallest thing to them. Just, you would think, oh, wow, okay, well, that's all they said, huh? But it shifted them. It shifted them for eternity. Amen? Amen? The Word of God, don't ever forget this. The Word of God has multiplication blessings attached to it. I'm telling you right now, some of you are wondering, why isn't God using me? It's because you're not up, getting up and using your gifts and talents for Him. I guarantee you, the moment you become willing to use your gifts and talents, you're going to notice doors swinging wide open to be used. And guess what? You are going to feel so fulfilled in life. That joy, that peace that you've been lacking, it's going to flood your soul like never before. Why? Because you're back in God's divine order. There is no such thing as an insignificant seed from the Word of God. So, here we go. To finish this off, if you will stay focused on using everything that God has blessed you you with, with those two processes, planting the seed, watering the seed of God's Word, and you will stay and remain fit. You will maintain a suitable quality, a standard, the type that Jesus is looking for to advance His kingdom. If you will do that, you can, you, 
if you will do what you can do to remain fit for the kingdom of God and give him a profitable return on his investment, that one day when you, get, when you take your last breath on this earth, you will be escorted by angels into heaven and you will hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So church, there is nothing more important than making sure that you are fit. For the kingdom of God. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Prayer team, come on forward. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You heard that. And you're saying, fit? I'm not even in the kingdom of God. I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. If you are in this place and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. I want you to come to this altar right now. And pray with one of our prayer team members. Just today. Make it. Settle it. Avoid hell and the lake of fire for eternity. Amen. Jesus paid the price. There's no reason that you should go down into hell and into the lake of fire for eternity. Not one reason except that you didn't make Jesus Lord of your life. What a shame that would be. Amen. Now maybe there's someone in this place. Wow, I feel the anointing right now. Some of you have, were listening to this and you said, well, I am not fit. I have not been fit for the kingdom. I've been distracted. I've been focusing on the wrong things. I've been not using my talents or I've been using them for the wrong purposes. If you want to rededicate your life today and you just want to clear your conscience, you need someone to pray with, come down and pray with one of our prayer team members. Amen. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism and speak in other tongues, It's not a living waters thing. It's a Bible thing. Amen. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, come on down if you want to learn more about it. If you need a healing, you need anything, you need any, you need prayer for anything, a family member, whatever it is you're going through, I want you to come down and pray with the prayer team members. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much. Everyone have a blessed, have a blessed week. If you need me, you know where to find me. Hey, God bless you all. Have a great week.